Go ahead and be seated, everybody. So it was my intention to begin preaching my second segment in the book of Acts. I was going to start it this week. But being a pastor means listening. It means listening, paying attention. Part of my life is the routine of prayer, the routine of silence, listening to God speak. I begin to talk to people in the church just about life. We get together, we sit down, have chats, whatever. And I begin to hear, hear the same refrain over and over again. I heard it from the old and the young. I heard it from married and single people. That coming out of this pandemic, people felt incredibly lonely. The last year of life, the world shut down. A lot of us worked from home or didn't work at all. Kids didn't go to school for a while. And this being home thing had unintended consequences. We saw overdoses go through the roof because people in recovery were separated from their recovery communities as every AA group and every NA group in the country shut down. Domestic violence went through the roof because abusers could abuse their wives or their children with no impunity, with impunity, because those kids weren't going to school anymore, because no one was seeing them. There was no need to hold back. We saw these pandemics within the pandemic. And one of the pandemics we saw was this feeling of loneliness. The thing is, loneliness was not merely a result of the pandemic. It was the, the pandemic just brought this reality to the surface. Because in America, we are a lonely people. It's baked into our culture. One of the highest values of our culture is this value called expressive individualism. What does that mean? Big words, I apologize. It means, it's, it's, it's how every single Disney movie, the main point of the story is be true to yourself. Is that to find meaning for my life, I look inward. To find my own truth to be true to my own self, and that's what matters. Find what makes you happy. You do you, you find your own truth and live according to that, and that is the gospel we, we preach to our culture. That idea of you doing you, no matter what anyone else thinks, we love it. It's a value we as Americans hold very dear. But this value, so first we go inward. What is my truth? And when I decide to go outward, my goal is to have the people outside of me affirm my inward findings. If I, come, if I go on Facebook and tell you what I have found, you better like and give me a heart or give me a happy face and tell me I'm awesome. Because if you don't, you're not my good friend. I go outward to be celebrated for my inward findings. And if you don't celebrate my inward findings, I'll cut you off because you're toxic and you're bad for me. 
And that cutting off of people, <laughs> it's not good for anybody. And maybe once you go inward and find your truth and go outward to get the high fives, if you still feel a little dissatisfied, maybe then you look upward. Maybe. And going upward, again, is about you. We treat the spiritual realm as a buffet. You're like, well, I don't like broccoli, but I do like chicken. And we just take what we want from the buffet and leave the rest there. I'll go to yoga, or I'll go to astrology, or I'll go to Jesus, but just that one verse, and then that's what I do. And how, that's how Americans, that's how we roll. In America, we are a Burger King nation. It's my way right away. And this expressive individualism, this need to be true to myself, has left us a very lonely people. Very lonely people. Because here's the fact, at 20 years old, that, that idea of I can do anything, at 20, that's inspiring, right? When you're 20, you're like, the world is my oyster, I can do anything. But when you're 50, or 60, or 70, what if your life isn't awesome? What if you're not the fairy tale, you're the horror movie? And they tell you the whole time, you can do whatever you want. You can build whatever life you want, and the life you have isn't awesome. Who do you blame? I looked inward, and now I have a pile of bad stuff. So my only options are to hate myself or to claim I'm a victim of the big bad world. They stopped me. They stuffed me. I was at uh, Thursday night. We were at Eastside having our first outdoor service. And we had a lot of families come from the Eastside East community to come to this first church service. And there was this guy there with all his little kids, all like seven and under. And they're playing basketball. And this one little girl is going to shoot the ball. And I saw the dad. I saw the look in his eye. And she's a little seven-year-old girl about to shoot. And he came jumping out of nowhere and stuffed her. Stuffed her like it was the NBA Finals Game 7. Ba-boom! And dude, her face, and dude, I laughed because it was so mean, but <laughs> that's, that is, I just brought that up, I don't know why. Anyways, as Americans, our very culture leads us to be being very, very disconnected and alone. Very much so. Over in Great Britain, across the ocean, they're just like us. And they're having a mass epidemic of elderly people dying alone. And because they don't know anybody, when they die alone, no one knows they're dead. It'll be weeks in a room alone until someone smells something, they send the cops over, and there's someone been there dead for two weeks. This is such a big problem in the UK. They have appointed a minister of loneliness a paid federal position to take care of all the Britons who feel horribly alone. And in America, we're going the same direction. So I thought for the next four weeks, we're going to talk about loneliness, disconnectedness. And the first thing I want to say of disconnectedness is this. Genesis 2.18 says, it is not good for man to be alone. 
It is not good for woman to be alone. It is not good for people to be alone. When God made all of us, when he breathed into us the breath of life, he made us needing other people. I don't care if you're an introvert or an extrovert. We all need human connection. And the sciences have proven this. Go to sociology or psychology and you can see the detriment of being alone. God said it is not good to be alone and the sciences have proven this. For example, in the 1980s in Romania, after the communist uprising in Romania, there were thousands of orphans and there are pictures of these rows of cribs in Romania, these orphanages, and the nurses would walk through and they just put a bottle in every kid's mouth and lean it against the crib and go boom, 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 down, a, I mean, down 100 cribs. Come back to the beginning, change every diaper. Every kid had food. Every kid was changed. Every kid had shelter. But guess what? These kids didn't develop correctly. The, the, the developmental milestones didn't come. The crawling, the first words, the, the walking didn't happen. Why not? Because children need more than food and water and shelter. They need connection. They need to be loved. Those babies were not held. They were not adored. They were not spoken to. And those babies' bodies didn't develop correctly. They call it in the medical world, they call that failure to thrive. When a baby has food and warmth and the baby still will not gain weight. Let's jump over to being elderly. Did you know that being alone for a senior citizen, if you don't talk to anyone day after day after day, you are 20% more likely to get Alzheimer's or dementia. When your brain does not talk to anyone, it begins eating itself. It retreats into itself and you lose reality. Being alone when you're a baby, being alone when you're old, this is not good for us to do. When we're cut off from humanity, we begin to shrivel. There is new studies coming out that are saying loneliness is a risk factor for early death equal to obesity, drinking, or smoking. It's just as unhealthy for you. That's crazy, yo. It is not good for people to be alone. And over the next four weeks, I'm going to look at four remedies God has given us for loneliness. Four things God has given us to help, help us not feel so alone. God made us needing connection, and he gives us four different things to help us feel connected. He gives us himself. He gives us the family. He gives us friends. And he gives us his church, his body. We're going to do one week on each one, four of these things. But before I talk about the remedy... Let me, let me show you the rust in the car. Sometimes preachers love to overpromise things, right? Preachers say, if you do this, you'll get all these benefits. 
Before I start on the remedy, let me tell you something. The remedy doesn't fully remedy. Whoa, that's fun. I'm going to 2 Corinthians. I'm going to my third point second, John. Sorry. I'm, I'm throwing your curveball. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. This is what it says. For we know that at the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. What's going on here? He's saying that our body is a tent, and tents are temporary. Tents can be blown over by the wind. Tents can be scratched in the car and get a big old gash in them. Tents, we have two tents in our, in our, in our garage, and they're both broken. They both don't work. Tents are temporary. He says, listen, we have this body, this temporary tent. If it's destroyed, we know in heaven we have a building not made with human hands that won't fall down. That someday I will be more than this rotting flesh. Verse 2, for in this tent we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling." So while we are in this body, we are groaning and longing for heaven. That a part of us wants to be home. A part of us longs to be with the Father. I go to verse, jump to verse 6. So we are always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord, for we walk by faith and not by sight. To be at home in this body is to be away from the Lord. We walk by faith and not by sight. This is the hard truth I want to give you first and foremost. Even if you have all four good things, you have the Lord, you have a good family, you have great friends, and you have a loving church, even with all four of those things working and doing what they're supposed to do, you can still feel disconnected. You can be connected to God and still feel disconnected because we're not fully, we're not fully whole until heaven. That doesn't mean you're broken or crazy. It means you're a human being. I have all four things in my life. I have the Lord. I have a family that loves me. I both have a wife and two wonderful kids. I got incredible brothers. I got a good mama. I got a good family. I have great friends who call me, who if I call them today and say I'm in trouble, they come. I have a great church, Flint City style. If I knew, if I had to hang a basketball hoop in the middle of the night, my church is going to come help me. <laughs> Trust me, this didn't happen. Um, I'm sorry, everybody that was there. <laughs> um, I, have a great, so I have all four things. I have all four things. And sometimes I feel alone. It is a remedy, but it doesn't fully remedy until with the Lord, we will feel that longing for heaven. 
We will never be fully satisfied until we get to the other side. That's just part of being a person. And I don't want you to freak out about that. When you feel disconnected or lonely, don't leave your spouse and don't abandon your kids. Don't have a midlife crisis and run screaming into the street. You're going through a normal feeling. You have to face it and let it hit you and let it hurt. We all feel this thing. For many of us, when we feel even a tinge of that loneliness, we try to erase it. I go to Facebook, put a post, like it, like it, like it, someone loved me. Ah! We can't handle being alone. You gotta let it hit you. You gotta learn to sit by yourself and feel that feeling and not be afraid of it. It's part of being a person. And if you're always running from it, looking for something to fill it, you're gonna get in trouble and you're never going to learn how to have peace. So I'm starting there. I'm going to tell you a bunch of good stuff, but know that these good things don't make all the hard things go away. Everyone understand? I'm selling you a car, and it, it, it drives, got good tires, but man, its gas mileage is no good. So just we all know I'm selling you a car that's got a cough. Everyone good? Okay, so the first thing we can, the first remedy for loneliness in this life is the Lord himself. God has made us needing connection with him. We, wait, so Americans, we go inward, then outward, and then upward. And God invites us to flip the whole thing on its head. Instead of starting inward and saying, all about me, and I define my reality. I instead, I'm inviting you to begin by looking upward and saying, is there a God? And what is his mission? And what is his heart? And seeing him first change the whole equation. Because in my life is not this small thing built on my ever-changing desires. My life is now built on something bigger than myself, outside of myself. I go to Psalm 73 to read of the goodness of being connected to God. It is, it is not good to be alone, but it is good to be connected to God. I begin in Psalm 73 and verse 23. Nevertheless, I am continually with you, God. You hold my right hand. Stop right there. You hold my right hand. I love that picture. Last night, we were at uh, my, my mama's house. She made fried chicken, and she made some good fried chicken. And we're all, the family sitting down under a tree in the shade, the uncles, the nieces, the nephews, and my five-year-old niece wanted to sing us a song because she learned it. So she gets in the middle of all of us, you know, all of us are sitting there like, oh, sing us a song. And she's going to sing the classic it's a Wonderful World, right? By Satchmo. You know that song? The guy with the voice? Okay. But she's, all of a sudden, she's scared. She's singing. She's always looking at her. We're all watching her. And she gets scared. So what she do? She goes, Mommy, Mommy, come here. Hold my hand. And she holds her mom's hand. And then she sings. And she was a good singer. And we all sat there just enjoying the song under a blue sky in my mama's house. 
but she needed her mom to hold her hand to comfort and to center her so she could be there in that limelight and sing without fear. What a beautiful picture that was. The psalmist says, Lord, you are with me. You're holding my hand as I walk through this life. Verse 24, you guide me with your counsel, and afterward you will receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing on earth that I desire, that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For behold, those who are far away from you shall perish. Those who are far away from God are going to die out there. You put an end to everyone who is unfaithful to you. But for me, it is good to be near God. It is good to be near God. I have made the Lord God my refuge that I may tell of all your works. One of the remedies to loneliness is being in relationship with God Almighty through His Son, Jesus Christ. It is hard to describe how good this is. I am telling you that befriending an invisible God brings actual emotional and relational goodness. It's a hard sell. But listen, knowing God is more than merely superstition. How good is knowing the Lord? You ever have a bad day and you go to call someone, you need someone to talk, someone to be there for you, and you call someone to go straight to voicemail, you're like, oh man. You call someone else, go down your favorite list, number two, blam, hit it. They don't answer. And you're going to feel like really like antsy, like someone's got to answer, I need somebody. I remember in college, I'd go, now in college I didn't have a cell phone, in college I just had a phone and I had on the phone a paper thing in the middle of the phone with my favorite numbers on it. This is, this is, some of you guys don't know what I'm talking about. Some of you guys know the paper phone list on the phone in the middle of it. I'd go through dollar numbers. Maybe sometimes I wouldn't answer. Some, some people had an answer machine, so they just ring and ring and ring forever, and nothing would happen. And you'd feel so alone, like someone's got to be there. I need someone to pick up. Maybe, everyone, maybe everyone's sleeping, or everyone's working. But the Lord, he's never far away. He's a friend who doesn't leave. And in this life, listen, everybody has a life. Everybody has their own burdens and their own weights to deal with. People are busy. Some of you text me, and I don't get back to you for like four days, and I'm sorry. People are busy. <laughs> don't laugh, Tony. I text you back eventually. The Lord isn't like all those people. The Lord is available. And the Lord isn't going to leave us like everyone else is going to leave us. Everybody leaves. Some will leave because their job takes them away. Here at Flint City Church, we're always saying gospel goodbyes because people move away. In two, in two or three weeks, the Iker's moving to Ohio. And we're going to be sad because we love the Iker family. That in Flint City, people are leaving the city every single year. Sometimes people die and leave us that way, and that's hard. I was walking, I was doing a wedding in the woods yesterday. I'm walking with this 
older Mexican woman who I really respect and I care for. And she asked me, she's like, I heard your grandma passed away. I'm like, yeah. She's like, how you doing? And dude, just with her alone in the woods, I didn't expect, I didn't expect the question. I, I, I was like a little kid because she's an like older woman and I was like, I ain't doing good. Like, I mean, almost, I almost lost it, right? Just she asked me, God, I just pulled my heart out because I miss my grandma. I miss her. People leave. They move away, they pass away. Sometimes they leave because they just they want to go. They just, they just they leave because they don't want us anymore. We've all been rejected, right? People sometimes leave because they don't like you. I don't want to be your friend no more. Peace. That's mean, dude. Someone told my daughter that in the neighborhood. They're playing, some kids are playing, and a kid told my daughter, I don't want to be your friend no more. And then my daughter came home all sad. Kids are brutal. I want to go beat up an eight-year-old. Water ballooner. No, but I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't do that. Um, the Lord doesn't leave. The Lord doesn't leave. He's not going to die. He's not going to move away. The Lord is steadfast and faithful. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's hard to describe how that consistent friend, how that rock can guide you through life. It is lonely. But knowing the Lord is so good. And if you're here and you believe that truth, but you never, ever spend time with the Lord, you're missing it. You know what you are? If you know there's a God and you never bow the knee to pray or open his word to hear him speak, you know what you are? You went to the biggest, baddest restaurant in Michigan. They gave you a beautiful four-color menu and you're like, oh, this is on the menu. Oh, man, they got fried chicken. I love chicken. Would you like chicken, sir? No, I'm good. Oh, and Thai food. I love Thai food. Oh, would you like that, sir? No, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm just, I'm just looking. I'm just looking. I'm just looking. You got the menu. You, you want the food on the menu, and you're not ordering it. You know there's a God. You know he's good. You know you need him. And you never bow. And you never open to hear his voice. So you got the menu, and you're not eating the goodness. People talk about the goodness. You're like, oh, that food's incredible. You've eaten it? No, but I smelt it once. You're missing it. How are we satisfied being so close to the goodness? We've gone to the restaurant. We got the menu. We got the napkin in our shirts. We're ready to go. And we don't order it. Taste and see the Lord is good. That worked out good. <laughs> the metaphor played perfect. Taste and see the Lord is good. It is good to be connected to the Lord. He's given us himself as a foundational piece to combat the loneliness of this world. And when you do feel that loneliness, it happens. Man, one time, this is a stupid story, but it's true. It's how crazy the human heart is. I once opened my freezer before we had kids. I've been married for like three, four years. Opened the freezer. And a pork chop fell out, landed on my toe. Fell out of the freezer. Kablow! Hit me in the toe. I literally was like, I'm leaving. 
I'm running away. I'm driving to Kansas, get a new family, new life. Screw this. I, I was, dude, it happened that fast. I'm, I'm going to be a Bruce Springsteen song and burn my life down over a pork chop and a sock. We're crazy. <laughs> Listen, I didn't leave. I didn't leave. This is, the, the, I, this is not my second family. This is my first family. We don't start inward, then outward, then upward. We start upward. You got to deal with the Lord first, because if you don't, if you go to your family, if you go to a, a romantic relationship, if you go to your church hoping that these things will satisfy your innermost desires, you're going to put undue weight on them that they can't survive. You must go upward first have peace with God, and then outward to love and serve others. To really give yourself away to others. Not for what you can get, but for what you can give. Americans, we go outward to get something from people. Cheer me on. When I'm in, when I'm in God through Christ, I'm good with the Lord. I can go out to people, and even if they're mean to me, I can take the hit because I am in it for them, not for myself. It is good to be connected to the Lord. It's a lonely world. I know it is. And loneliness is a crazy feeling. It's a crazy feeling. When I have that feeling, you know what I do? No joke. When I feel it come upon me, the temptations go to, go to Facebook to call a buddy, I'll kneel on my face for the Lord. And I'm like, Lord, I feel the darkness. I just tell him how it feels and me and him hash it out. Sometimes they're on the ground. I have a good cry. And it's awesome. It is good to be connected to God through Christ. It's a lonely world. We all feel it. It ain't good. It's not good to be alone. It is good to be connected to God. That's where we're starting this month. Seek the Lord. Make room in your life to bow the knee and open his word. Listen, you don't got to read. Read a verse. Open it and just engage something. It'll, it'll mess you up in a good way. Stop. Listen, prayer. Look, I don't know how to pray. Pray before your meals. We all eat. Like, okay, I want to eat this McDonald's sandwich. Stop and pray. Pray for people you love. Pray for your job. Pray for a new job. Pray about someone you're mad at. Pray about something. Pray and read his word. Relate to him. Know him. It is good. Let us pray together. Father in heaven, It is a lonely world. Our culture, we are, it's so easy to be forgotten. It's so easy to go hide in a corner. But it is not good for us to live in that corner. We need connection. Help us this week be 
challenged, inspired, convicted to seek you, O Lord. To be connected to you and in being connected to you, Lord. Being connected to satisfaction and hope and love and faith. Be real to us, O Lord. That we may taste and see that you are good. Because all those that have come this day, all those who are watching online, we love you, Lord. Amen.